the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Where faith comes by. From the Filatowski Lasik Institute Studios, this is 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome again, folks, to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. Again, uh, kudos to Alan Dempsey. He is our engineer. And Andrew Herdliska produces this show every weekend. Scott McKnight is our guest. He's in Liberty, Illinois, professor of New Testament at Northern Theological Seminary in Lombard, Illinois. And his new book is out. Have we open to the Spirit? And uh, the real question is, have we forgotten the Holy Spirit? Uh, so nice of you to join me, Scott. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, and it's great to be with you, Pat. Thanks so much, Scott. So what does open to the Spirit mean? That God is on our side. The covenant God makes with Israel and with the Church is that He's got our back, and that He wants to work in us uh, to make us all we're designed to be. The Apostle Paul says that it will be uh, glory at some point when we finally achieve all that God made for us. And the way God has chosen to do this is to work in us through the Holy Spirit, who points us to Jesus and to the Father. So the contention of my book, uh, the theme of the book, is for God to glorify us and to lead us into that glory uh, with joy and peace, is that we have to be open to the Spirit. We have to be willing to let the Spirit work in us. And a great theme in the Bible is uh, God pushes and God corners and God comes at us from different angles, but we have to receive, we have to accept. And my expression for that is that we have to be open to the Spirit. The book consists of uh, five parts, open to the Spirit who speaks, open to the creation of the Spirit, open to the people of the Spirit, open to the virtues of the Spirit, open to the victory of the Spirit. So, Scott, let's start at uh, part one, open to the um, God who speaks. Uh, I want you to tell us about that. Yes, the... um... The Bible clearly witnesses, and the Church witnesses, and individual Christians witness to the fact that God speaks. That God is not silent is a famous expression 
by Francis Schaefer many, many years back in the days when I was a college student. That's a long time ago. Uh, but what we see is that our God is a God who wants to communicate with us. And sometimes we can equate, and I think it's fair to say, reduce God speaking to us to the Bible and the Bible alone. But the Bible itself does not say that. The Bible says that God speaks to us in Christ, that people who watched Jesus, who listened to Jesus, who watched his behaviors and his interactions with people, uh, heard the voice of God speaking to them. That God speaks to us not only in Jesus, but Jesus, the message about Jesus, comes to us through the written word. And this is why the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy says the word is inspired and it means God breathed. And Peter talks about this in 2 Peter. And the idea is that God is at work in the authors so that the text that we have, the Bible, speaks to us uh, from God. It is not simply the Bible talking to us. It's not simply the authority of the Bible. It is the it is God speaking to us in the Spirit through Scripture. So we read the Bible, and sometimes words just jump off the page, and they talk to us. I, I had a similar experience this recently studying Psalm 119 on the glory of the Bible and what God has done to speak to us. And, and, and we hear the voice of God in Scripture. But God, I believe, still speaks to us through prophetic words. Um, and what I mean by that is not that God adds to Scripture, and now we have to add some more writings to Scripture, but that consistent with what the Bible has said, what the prophets of God have written in the Bible, God sometimes prompts people to speak to others. Sometimes God prompts people uh, to utter a statement in a congregation. I have heard pastors preach many, many times when I thought that was a prophetic word. That, that, those were words that God took and spoke to all of us in a very deep and meaningful way. So I believe that God still speaks to us, uh, Pat. And I know there are some people who get nervous about that, but all I want to say is that's how God spoke in the Old Testament. That's how God spoke in the New Testament. And if we're going to believe what the Bible actually teaches, we have to be open to God still speaking to us. Scott McKnight has uh, written the book with Waterbrook Publishers and um, Open to the Spirit. And that brings us to the second part, Open to the New Creation of the Spirit. Uh, what's that about, Scott? New Creation is a, uh, a very uh, important category and expression used in biblical studies today for the powerful, redemptive work that God has accomplished in Christ through the power of the Spirit. <clears throat> that creation is being renewed. When you, we read Romans 8, or the end of the book of Revelation, we realize that salvation, <clears throat> sorry, salvation in the Bible is not just that, but it includes this, that I get saved, and I get to spend eternity with God and with God's people, but that all of creation is going to be recreated. Romans chapter 8 tells us that all of creation is growing for the redemption. And Revelation shows us that it's a new heaven and a new earth. 
And uh, a very important New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright, talks about heaven joining earth or combining, uh, coming down to join. So it's a new heaven and a new earth that are combined, and the people of God will enjoy this new creation. So one of the big themes of the Bible is that God, in His grace, loves us and works in us to redeem us. And that redemption is a transforming, liberating work that makes us holy, loving, just, wise people. Now, this work of redemption is not, is not, uh, is, is not done for all people all at once, and um, I've not yet met one person who is totally redeemed. So, and but it, it also some people grow quickly and they become mature Christians. Other people grow slowly. But the promise of God is the transformation of the people because of the presence of God in the Spirit in our lives. And one of the great themes of the Bible is holiness. Holiness is about the presence of God, where God is holiness is, and that holiness is infectious, it is contagious, it never leaves us where we are, it is transformative and makes us holy. And so the Spirit in us is a transforming grace of God that will lead to this new creation. And in the Bible, uh, we see this in baptism, which is the, we die with Christ, we are raised with Christ. This is resurrection to a new life. So the theme is that we get a new life. The Apostle Paul said that in Christ, everything is new. We are new creation. We become new people. Now, some people become dramatically new people uh, quickly. And, and I've seen people whose lives were just so radically transformed and, and we probably all know people who had radical, sudden transformations. But if you pay attention to gray hairs and bald heads in the church, and if you ask them to tell you their story, I have experienced this so many times that I, I wish we could talk about it more. And that is, I meet gray hairs and older people like Alice and Randy Matthews in my church who have been following the Lord for... 80 years or more. And they just glow with the presence of God, the love of God, the joy of Christ, and they have become new people. Scott McKnight is our guest. We're talking about his book, Open to the Spirit. Uh, We've got more with Scott, but first, these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost 
or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. Each Sunday morning at 1130, Kevin Jordan of Let the Chaplain Speak brings words of comfort to the inmates and the lost. He also provides an insight into the lives of inmates that are incarcerated in jails around Central Florida. Each year, many of these men turn their lives over to Christ. Our Orange County jails house as many as 5,000 and only a handful of chaplains serve these lost souls. See how you can help. Let the Chaplain Speak with Kevin Jordan airs each Sunday morning at 1130 on 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Kevin Picorni. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design right here, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Scott McKnight is the professor of New Testament at Northern Theological Seminary in Lombard, Illinois. Uh, He's our guest. His book is out. It's called Open to the Spirit. And Scott, we have arrived at part three. Open to the people of the Spirit. Uh, I want you to tell us all about that. Yes. Um, when God works in us through the Spirit to make us new people, God joins us with other people whom He is making anew. So we get connected to other Spirit-filled people. This group of people that are Spirit-filled and witnessing to Christ is called the Church. And so being open to the Spirit means being open to all spirit-filled people. It means being open to the church. And this creates an entirely new people, Uh, a people of God that gather to worship Christ, that listen to words about Christ, that raise families and nurture families into Christ, that witness the gospel to Christ, and who seek to follow Christ in all they do. That's the new people born by the Spirit, and it leads us to have new leaders. Uh, we, we can get tied up into elections, uh, and I, I'm not saying elections aren't important, but sometimes we get the idea that, uh, boy, if we get the right next candidate, our world's going to be a better place. And sometimes we as Christians can get distorted. The real leader of the of the world, the ruler of the world is Jesus Christ, and He has created this people of, and it has leaders whose responsibility is to help people see Christ as the ruler, and to point people to Christ. It's not to point to themselves, but to to others, and and this leads entirely 
to a new orientation in our lives is that we are not tied into ourselves, but we become oriented toward other people. I, I've seen this. It is Christians who wanted hospitals. It is Christians who have been behind social justice ministries throughout the world. It is Christians that seem to be wanting new laws. Christians have had an eye out for others from the very beginning. And Christianity grew in the first few centuries because of the goodness of the people and their orientation toward others. And ultimately, then, this all comes down to people who are filled with the Spirit, as Ephesians 5 and Galatians 5 tells us. The first mark of a Christian who is filled with the Spirit is that they love others. Now, love as a term, of course, is is uh, is bandied about in Hollywood, and it's found in all the books of romance novels and all that, but the Bible's understanding of love is far deeper and wider and far more demanding than what the kind of love we read about usually and we watch on TVs and movies. Um, and that is that love is a rugged, emotional commitment to another person to be for them uh, and to be with them and to work with them together as we grow in Christ-likeness. So love is, is about presence. Love is about advocacy for other people and orientation toward them. And love is genuinely about trying to help people grow in Christ and about growing in Christ with them together. And I think this is what I, would, I call uh, being people of the Spirit. If we are filled with the Spirit, that's the kind of love that we will discover in our life generated by the Spirit. Okay, now, Scott, let's talk about uh, part four. Open to the virtues of the Spirit. What's that mean? Virtues is a, is a classic term in the history of ethics. It goes all the way back to people like Aristotle and Roman thinkers as well. Uh, and so we ask, what are the distinctives of virtues in Christianity? What, what are the virtues of Christianity? And what happens when the Spirit invades our life and starts to precipitate or percolate or create these new virtues? Well, I, I would say that it, one of them is assurance, is that we become, assurance isn't, isn't cockiness, it's not arrogance, it's not condemning other people, it's a joy of the fact that we have come to terms with who we are in the face of God, and God has revealed His glory and His grace and His love for us, and we bask in that goodness of God toward us. That's what assurance is about. And some days, people are more assured than others, but we look in the face of Christ and we see the love of God and we know that love of God, and that shows that we are people who love God. We also experience freedom. Uh, some of the greatest Christians in history have shown that freedom of the Spirit, that they're not afraid to stand for Christ in the face of persecution. They're not afraid to do what is right, because they know that God loves them and showers His grace upon them. They have freedom to pursue their own calling. They have freedom to resist injustices, and they're not afraid. Instead, they're full of freedom. 
And I mentioned this already. We call the Spirit in the Bible very frequently, especially in the history of theology, the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit occupies us, when the Holy Spirit invades our life and takes up residence, if that Spirit is holy, and if God is holy, then that presence becomes transforming. And when we do something that is wrong, it is the presence of God in our life that convicts us that what we did was wrong and sinful and prompts us to confession. That's the work of the Spirit. And we are assured in 1 John that if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin. But we become conscious of our sins, according to Jesus, because of the presence of the Spirit. And we also learn uh, in the Bible from, from the Holy Spirit, the virtues of the Spirit, is that we become people who, who care for what is good and reject what is not good. You know, churches only work well, Pat, when, people, when goodness is present. We can talk about the gospel. We can even lead people to Christ through the gospel. And we can have a successful church. But if goodness is not present, eventually the church is corrupted and the goodness disappears. But when there is goodness present, when, um, and this goodness comes from the Spirit. This is, we don't, we don't determine that we're going to be good and decide to be good, and therefore we're good. It's the work of the Spirit. We also then, because we recognize goodness, and that includes things like seeing justice and injustice for what they are, seeing peace and a lack of peace, our enemies, for what they are, we become committed to what is good. And, and this is a term, Pat, that I wish we would recover in Christian vocabulary, in Christian discipleship, and in Christian discussion, and that is the word goodness. The Bible does say there is none good, no, not one. Okay. But it also says the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. So we aren't good on our own, but God through His Spirit can make us good. And uh, I was talking about uh, Alice and Randy Matthews. They, are, they exhibit to me goodness, and they're a part of our church. But I've seen goodness in my students at Northern Seminary. I've seen goodness in my wife and in my children and in my grandchildren and my son-in-law and daughter-in-law, we see goodness in other people, and that's the result of the Spirit. And now, Scott, I want you to talk about uh, Part 5, Open to the Victory of the Spirit. The, the battle in the Bible, if we could say, the, the Star Wars battle, the uh, Harry Potter battle, the uh, Lord of the Rings battle of the Bible, is a battle with sin death, sickness, and systemic evil. And we can work against these things. We can discipline ourselves. We can punish ourselves. But the, the real victory in the Bible over sin, sickness, death, systemic evil, is through the power of the Spirit who creates holiness instead of sin, who creates health instead of sickness, who creates life instead of death, and who turns systemic evil into systemic goodness. 
we were just in Denmark, and we were on an island. And, Pat, I want you to think about this. This is an island called Evru, and there are policemen for the three major cities for two hours a day, twice a week. They visit different communities twice, uh, once a week, so only two communities a week for two hours on a bicycle. Mm. And I said to our hotel owner, I said, is there no crime? She said, almost none. On doorsteps in this community, people were selling jelly and fruits and vegetables, and they weren't out there collecting money. They had a little jar, and they said, please put your money here. And I thought to myself, there's a place where the Spirit of God has been at work to create almost a system of goodness. And I thought, this is the way societies ought to work. God also gives us victory over communication. At times, we don't know how to pray. Uh, I've been involved in some very tricky church issues of late. And there are many moments when I just think, I, I have no idea what to think or do or say or believe. And I just open myself to the Spirit, and I ask the Spirit of God to communicate to God and for God to communicate through the Spirit to me. And I have often walked away assured and calmed by the presence of the Spirit in my life. And I believe that the Spirit of God conquers communication problems, at times through tongues, at times just through inner communications. The Spirit of God conquers sickness and death. The Spirit of God also conquers powers. Uh, I believe that the, the Bible clearly teaches that there are demons, there are evil spirits, different words are used in the Bible, and that these can be conquered through the power of the Spirit who expels these things from our lives and who takes up new residents, cleans us up, and makes us new people. And ultimately, uh, Pat, I believe that if we are genuinely open to the Spirit, the entire aim of the Spirit of God's work in our life is to lead us to know God, to love God, and to worship God. Worship of God, which is more than Sunday morning singing to a band and raising our hand. Worship is the entirety of our life as we lay our embodied lives on a sacrificial altar and give them to God, as the Apostle Paul teaches in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 that we are alive from, day, from the moment we wake to the moment we go to sleep are entirely an offering of ourselves to God. That is what the Bible means by worship. So I, I'm not complaining about calling Sunday morning singing time worship or even the whole service worship, as long as we, we see that as a concentrated time of worship that reflects an entire 24-7 of offering ourselves to God as a sacrifice, which becomes our word-based worship for, uh, for the entire week. Scott, can you give us a 30-second wrap-up on what we've talked about? I believe, Pat, that what the Church most needs in the United States is not a new program, a new technique, or a charismatic leader. What the Church needs day in and day out is people who will come before God each day, open their hands, open their hearts to God 
and ask God to fill them with the Spirit and lead them in the way of Jesus in our world so that the world can see the transforming presence of God at work in us. Scott McKnight has been our guest. His book, Open to the Spirit. Uh, Stay with us. We've got more right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Join the Orlando Bible Church Saturday afternoon from 5 to 6 for What Saith the Scripture? Bring your Bible for an hour-long call-in program on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. And here at 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Word, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. Each day, our station and our host enter your busy world full of responsibilities, challenges, and a desire for personal growth. And every day, it is our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family. It may be an encouraging word on a difficult day that recharges you to successfully fulfill a challenge. Maybe it's a message of healing at just the right time. These and other interactions happen regularly and we would love for you to tell us about it here's what we'd want you to do visit the for all the details and type in the keyword story record a video message on a camera or a mobile device and share your story with us and for simply sharing your impact story with us you'll automatically be eligible to win a grand prize of an apple ipad pro and an apple pencil you'll have until october 23rd to share your story so do it today visit the that's the and use the keyword story for all the details, the contest rules, and to share your video. Hi, welcome to PostNet. How can we help you? Okay, well, I need 2,000 business cards, 5,000 pamphlets, and 35 table signs with a fold. And I need them shipped to Miami by tomorrow. Can you help me? Of course we can. At PostNet, we offer shipping via FedEx, UPS, the U.S. Postal Service, and DHL. And we support small businesses with printing, direct mail, designing custom logos, brochures, and more. We do it all here at PostNet. That sounds great. Let's do this. PostNet, Altamont Springs at Montgomery and State Road 434. Online at PostNet.com. Do you have water damage from a roof leak that you want your insurance to pay for? Visit expertpublicadjusters.com and chat live now. If you have water damage from a roof leak that you want your insurance to pay for, chat that you want your insurance to pay for, chat live now at expertpublicadjusters.com. That's expertpublicadjusters.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Scott McKnight, our guest in that first segment. Uh, We go to Seattle. (laughs) Dr. Gregory Jantz is with us, and uh, we're always uh, uh, thrilled to hook up with him. Healing the Scars of Addiction, Ravel is the publisher. Uh, reclaiming your life and moving into a healthy future. Uh, Greg, how are things with you? You know, I'm I'm actually very excited to talk about addiction. Does that sound strange? I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What are the problems with addiction in our country? Is it a huge issue? Well, what we're finding, you know, we have more ways, and I'm going to use the term addiction kind of broad, but Pat, we have more ways to become addicted with tech, digital world, uh, obviously online pornography, uh, we're seeing the opiate crisis, and uh, people are de- 
developing addictions at younger ages. So this is something we've got to look at um, and figure out what are we going to do with this addiction issue in our country? Uh, Your book um, is based uh, on 12 questions. Question one, am I an addict? And Greg Jantz says what? Well, you know, here's the thing. We all hear this. Uh, We like to deny. We say things like, well, you know, uh, no, I can stop this at any time. Uh, I I don't have to eat all that sugar. And, you know, because remember, addiction comes in many different forms. Or we could say, you know, no, it's no big deal, not hurting anybody. And that's one of the first things we have to look at is um, denial. Am I engaging? And the question to ask yourself, am I engaging in a behavior? that has self-destruction components to it, and uh, it's, uh, I'm doing this behavior despite the consequences, financially, relationally, physical health. Uh, an addiction is a ticking time bomb. We can ignore it for a while, but someday, someday something will break. Could be my health, could be my mental health, but something will break. Second question, why this? And you say what? Well, why this? It's like, well, maybe something's happened uh, in my life. It could be trauma. It could be, uh, there's a lot of what we're calling accidental addiction. Uh, maybe I was given a pain pill, and all of a sudden I am craving these, and, and I end up with an addiction problem. So uh, we go, well, what is it? Uh, it could be a lot of different things could be a lot of different reasons, and we need to step back and go, if you have a loved one or you're struggling with an addiction, it's not about judgment. There's a lot of different paths to to having an addiction problem. So just step back, take a a look, and and be careful about critical judgments because people who uh, develop an addiction, I can tell you, they would change at some point if they could, but we all need some help with this. Uh, question three. Okay. Why me? <laughs> yeah, why me? And that's a good question. Sometimes we get stuck on the why. Why me? Why what? And and we then we want to blame. And the why me is probably not the right question. Uh, it's like, okay, well, why me? It's in my genes, uh, and then I blame my genes. Uh, or uh, my father was, my mom was, so, you know, uh it's me, and, and we use that as a blame, or we use it as a excuse. So um, we can't do that if we're going to recover. Why can't I just learn to live with this? <laughs> and that's what we want to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we end up at a place where I go, okay, well, no, I'm okay. I can do this. It's not a problem. And uh, everybody leave me alone. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. not a problem. Or we start to say, you know what? No, I, I need this extra pill. You don't get it. I, I need it. I'm, I'm different than everybody else. I need this pill. You see, we start to rationalize. And that moves to the next question. Okay. Who am I without this? Yeah, here's what's interesting, uh, Pat, and, and you've seen this too, but an addiction robs us of our personal identity. Uh, it, it We begin to lose touch of who we are, what's really important to us, what do we really enjoy, uh, what are our life goals, 
what are we what are we doing uh, with our life? We lose we lose a sense of purpose. We lose a sense of personal mission. And addiction robs that. It takes you down a different road or a different path. Uh, topic six: Why can't I see what this is doing to me? That's that's that magic. Speaking of magic, that's that magic of denial. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see that because uh, I have to live in an altered reality, and that's called denial. I have to live in a world that I, I have to ignore what's happening. I have to ignore the health. If I'm an uh, alcoholic, I have to ignore how I feel the next day. I have to ignore what's happening to my health in order to engage in this behavior and keep it up. So, hey, boy, that, that, that hiding behind denial is, is dangerous, but really common. Number seven, why can't I see what this is doing to others? Well, you know, because you're more intimate with the addiction than you are with people. Let me explain. Just had a gal the other day. She says, it's a lot easier to be intimate with food than it is with people. Hmm, interesting. So my addiction seems safer than having close relationships. You see, an addiction robs us. It robs us of intimacy. An addiction robs us of our relationships. Um, and after a while, you end up really isolated, and you realize, man, I, I, I'm all alone, and I spend so much time uh, trying to keep secrets. I spend so much time mm. in deception. So, yes. Number eight, why is the first step so hard? Because we don't know if we're going to make it. To say, man, I... I have a problem. I need help. That's that's probably one of the most pivotal and scary moments because you are saying to yourself, man, I, I can't control this. I'm, I'm living a lie. I need help. And so that that's a huge step. And that's a step. There'll be some here, hearing your program and hearing our words today go, you know what? I need to take that step. I, I need to change my life. Uh, number nine. Why isn't the first step enough? Well, you know, the first step is just really admitting and, and dealing with reality. That's a great step. But then I have to change my behavior. I have to change my internal compass that's uh, guiding my, my life. I've got to find out what's really important to me. 30 years we've been treating here at the center a place of hope, addiction issues, with folks from all over the country. And here's one of the things that we see. Okay, I, 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 I've admitted I get help, or I need help, and they, they arrive. But then they, they don't know, who, who am I, and who am I without this, and what do I want out of life? Even the question of, um, what am I good at? What's my gifts and talents? Um, and then there's the question, am, am, I've been so destructive. Am I, am I lovable? Will anybody ever trust me again? Will mm. anybody ever love me again? Mm. And so this this is a rebuilding of your life. Oh, boy, that's fascinating. Number 10, how can I put my life back together? Well, accountability, 
uh, there's a process of self-discovery. You know, that first year after getting into recovery and moving beyond, and whether it's a digital addiction, a food addiction, an alcohol addiction, a prescription drug addiction, uh, whatever it may be, or multiple addictions, um, you know, you've got to allow, there's, there's that first year of, uh, first six months are really critical, but getting into that first year, um, we have seen, and you'll over and over, man, when I get past that, first, and the year may seem like a long time, uh, but my life has taken an entirely different uh, course. And so you can do this. You can do this. I read in the paper today <clears throat> a woman uh, up in years who died, and it mentioned uh, an alcohol problem, and <clears throat> she had been freed for 54 years wow. from, from her alcohol addiction. Uh, what, how do you react to that? She's been freed for 55 years? 54 years. Yeah, she just died. But, uh, okay. but for 54 years after being an alcoholic, yes, you're always one, but 54 yeah. years without taking a drink. Pretty, that's, pretty, that, that's, that's impressive. Success, and hopefully uh, the story is she did some things with that. And she was probably an inspiration to others. Yes. Yes. And and probably, she probably saved some other people's lives. Because we all need somebody to, you know, we need to know others have made it. Oh, <laughs> this boy. is not always easy. Let's go to uh, number 11. My guest is Greg Jantz. Uh, he's in Seattle. Founder of the Center, <clears throat> a place of hope in Washington State. And the book is called Healing the Scars of Addiction. Do I deserve to put my life back together? That's the next question, uh, Greg. Yeah, you deserve to put your life back together, and you can. So we've got to take this whole person approach. I'm putting my life back together uh, in an emotional sense. I have to learn how to deal with anger, fear, and guilt. i got to figure out, I'm not going to drink, or I'm not going to use my substance, so i got to deal with emotions. I have to realize that I can wake up with gratitude and joy. I can have optimism. I can have new goals for my life. Uh, we also know that you've put my life in order uh, spiritually. Um, we're the whole person. What about restoring relationships, creating new and healthy relationships? Sometimes when we're living with an addiction, we have unhealthy relationships. We have people mm. that may, may even be supplying us. So our relationships tend to change. Mm-hmm. And number 12, who am I now? Yeah, who am I now? That's the great, great discovery. And the, the lady who lived free from addiction for 54 years, probably today, she's not alive, could answer, who am I now? Well, um, I, I'm a person with purpose. I can have a mission. Uh, part of my mission sometimes is, is to help others. Um, but it's amazing. I just talked to somebody uh, this week who's here in our program, and she said, I, I just can't believe my mental clarity. I'm, I'm thinking differently. Mm. And, you know, uh, that begins to happen. And as I think clear and I'm not cloudy, I begin to have dreams again. Mm. I start to see there's possibilities. So uh, one of the signs of recovery is gratitude. I'm grateful. I get up in the morning, and I'm, I'm grateful for this day, and there's going to be opportunities for this day, and I'm going to go for it. How often, Greg, in your work, do you see success stories? You know, we're fortunate in that 
uh, folks who come to us, they've reached that breaking point, and they say, I, I need help. And when they stay with the process, and uh, we've got an alumni program where we build in some accountability over time, uh, when they do that, now, it's not about being perfect, not at all. Um, uh, each time we stumble, we, we are learning a lot. Uh, but I'm saying that a vast majority of the folks that we see uh, we're going to say when they pass that one-year mark, wow. So we, we get to see that because we stay in contact with them. I know it's possible. I, I see the new, new optimism in people's lives. Are there good addictions? <laughs> That's a good question. Are there good addictions? Well, addiction is such a funny word because people like to argue about addictions. Well, it's in my DNA. Or it's not my fault. Or, and we get confused around the term. I think there's there's good things that we can put our energies into, uh, though I, I'm going to be a little reluctant to label it addiction. I'm also from the belief that we always need to remember the journey we've come through, but we're not living in the past. And uh, so I, I'm I'm a proponent of yeah. I've been an addict for a long time, but I'm I'm a new creation. <laughs> so uh, I want to not live in the past. I want to live obviously in the here and now, but I'm making plans for the future. Dr. Gregory Jantz uh, has joined us from Seattle. His book is out. It's an important read, folks. Uh, it's called Healing the Scars of Addiction, Reclaiming Your Life and Moving into a Healthy Future. Uh, we've got one more segment with Greg, and I want you to stay with us. Uh, this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, we gather every weekend like this. Always very pleased when you're with us. And you're listening to 94.9 FM More and AM 950, the word in Orlando. And remember, on 94.9 FM faith and AM 950, the word. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 530 on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 530 Sunday on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-444-2013 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-444-2013 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you he's on meds too call 800-444-2013 800-444-2013 
What is your history? Hello, this is Alan Treba, owner of American Family Funerals and Cremations and a servant. My wife is a direct descendant of Simon the Fox of Fraser Clan of Lovett in Scotland. I always tell her jokingly that I am King of Spain and Emperor of the World. I feel so privileged to be able to help families remember a loved one in a special way. This gives us the opportunity to get to know part of your history. You know us, we're family, American Family Funerals and Cremations, 407-339-0070. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Greg Jantz is with us from Seattle, the book, Healing the Scars of Addiction. Uh, Greg, how have you found the importance of your Christian faith, if it's there, in dealing with addictions? And do Christians get addicted badly? <laughs> Anybody can get addicted. Uh we're, we're, none of us are uh, immune from that. Uh, so I believe, and part of us uh, really promoting a whole person approach means the spiritual side. Now, we come from a Christian uh, point of view, which means we understand that, you know, ultimately God's, God's the one that's going to heal us. God's the one that's got a purpose for our life. And people who return or recover long-term, they tend to say, you know, I learned a lot of skills. Uh, I learned how to rebuild my life. But what kept me going is my faith and my relationship with God. And so that's what we see. Uh, so I, I'm going to say uh, it's central. We have a theme, uh, Old Testament verse from Jeremiah 29:11 that says that God has a future and a hope for you. And we believe that's true today. What is the number one addiction that you end up dealing with? Well, what's interesting, we're, we're, alcohol is always there, um, but uh, and we're seeing more of it. But we're seeing, uh, Pat, this whole area, I'll call it digital addiction. Mm. And uh, we're seeing individuals who come to us, and, you know, anything with the a device with a screen on it, uh, they check in when they come here. Uh, and, boy, by day two, day three, We'll have a certain high percentage of our uh, patients, our clients, who actually develop sweaty palms. Mm. Uh, heart rate goes up; they get irritable, and they say, "I just need, I just need my phone." Mm. <laughs> mm. So, you know, now we all, we've all kind of become tethered to it, and I get that. Um, but there are those that. Um, this is as though it is an arm or a leg. It's a part of them. And and I think there's a place that we take this too far. Is, al- <clears throat> is alcoholism a disease or a decision? Well, there is the disease model that we've been accustomed to talking in terms about it. And I don't know that that's terribly helpful. Um, what I'm going to say is, uh, there's a physical, a physiological craving. Uh, it's more of a, we don't use the term uh, disease. Disease, um, a lot of times, is a term that's used so uh, insurance and medically we can place what this is. Uh, so from that vantage point, is it helpful? Okay. But what we look at is um, it's it's got a predictable course. 
predictable outcome, self-destruction. Uh, many times we're seeing a suicide epidemic in our country. We're seeing individuals uh, who were compromised by substances, chemicals, alcohol, uh, when they committed suicide. So mm. we know that uh, it can be, whether we call it a disease or we call it something else, it can be indeed life and death. How often do you see relapses? Relapse is probably a part of, uh, of recovery. The person that says, man, I did really great for three months, and I'm sorry, I, I blew it. Uh, that would be normal. Mm. When I say that I blew it, uh, did you get back on course? Did you learn from it? And what corrective actions did you take? Where did we build in, uh, perhaps in your life, more accountability? What of uh, the recovery tools? Was it a certain emotion? Did you get really hurt or angry? Did you fall into self-pity and you turned out to drinking again? You know, what was it? What did you learn from that? See, that's so good. We have a friend uh, with, with a drinking issue. He went 62 days without a drink. And then, out of nowhere, uh, went out and got completely plastered. Yeah. It drained, yeah. drained the better part of a bottle of uh, wine. And, and ended up in a parking lot somewhere, you know, behind his steering wheel, just, you know, slumped over the steering wheel. I mean, and, and the feeling was, darn, he, he did so good. Yes. But, but you, you've made a good point here that the relapse really is pretty common. I think that's what you said. Yes. If a person doesn't have struggles and they just say, oh, I've been great. Well, that's a little more suspect because uh, it, it takes a while to, to move into a different way of living. Um, so we don't judge or condemn if we've fallen back. Okay, we just need to, each time we do that, we can grow stronger, though. This friend, by the way, um, rather than drinking for two months, he started walking, uh, power walking, uh, mm-hmm. and, and became, uh, it looked like, became addicted to that. Yes. Twice a day, six, seven-mile jaunts. Yeah. Uh, so, so I guess, is that, a, is that an addictive personality? A, addictive bent? You know, I think it can be, yes. Um, there's those of us that, and I'm probably one, I call them stimulus seekers. You like a lot of going on, a lot of activity. Uh, sometimes you may look like uh, an adult with attention deficit issues, but you're just, you have a lot going on, you're, and you enjoy a lot of stimuli. Maybe uh, that type of personality could be a little more prone towards stepping over the line and becoming more of an addictive personality, because uh, that's just how you are. Uh, but you don't have to move over that line to be an addicted person. What do you say to people who get addicted to shopping? <laughs> That's a good one. You know, shopping addiction, spending addiction, um, usually has its roots in, in some real hurt. Mm. And the hurt could be, um, you know, something, I don't feel any value, I don't feel lovable. Mm. Um, I mood alter, I call it mood alter. When I go shopping, and I, I, I've worked with people, they, they may have a lot of new clothes, even with the tags on it at home. It just felt good to spend the money to buy it. So it, it's a mood alter, like any other addiction. And you, a person may go, whoa, that's really strange. Well, no, it's a compulsion. It's an addiction. 
and um, usually it con- connects to helping me feel better uh, or my self-esteem. If I wear these clothes or I look this way, then I feel okay. But then it, you realize it doesn't work because still there's something that's damaged inside that says, despite how I dress, despite what I do on spending, I still don't feel good about myself. So let's say that's the issue with the woman. Now, the, now the husband <clears throat> who sees this credit card being racked up, uh, you almost have to put this lady on a budget, right, or, or treat her like a teenager? <laughs> well, but people, if it's a true addiction, I'm going to be deceptive. Mm. I am going to be dishonest. Mm-hmm. I am going to sneak around it. Mm. So you can say, well, hey, here's the budget. But if I really have a problem, I'm going to I'm going to find a way to move around that budget. How often do you see issues with pornography? Pornography is very common. Um, we haven't used the term yet today, but sexual addiction. So we have a program here for men. And uh, we certainly see uh, generally uh, not only the sexual addiction or pornography addiction, uh, but usually there's another type of addiction that goes hand-in-hand with that. Uh, Oftentimes it is alcohol, not always. Um, So addictions like like to live together. So we have something we call co-addictions. Maybe mm-hmm. I mainly, mainly, mainly am a sex addict, but I also do maybe drinking. So uh, a lot of times there's two addictive behaviors going on at the same time. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, you know, you can be addicted to food, alcohol, pornography. Yeah. You could be addicted to smoking uh, along with it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Smoking, and then we got a whole group of people that think, "Well, if I'm vaping, I, I can do it without any health benefits." How about ga- no, no, no? Vaping is very dangerous as well. How about gambling? Do you see a lot of that? Gambling, uh, yes. Uh, we have more ways to do gambling than ever before, yeah. and uh, we've like we've normalized it. Uh, all the casinos, the riverboats, everything uh, is normal. Like this is just normal. Greg Jantz has been our guest. Uh, We've got to run. It's the Pat Williams Saturday Power Power Hour, of course. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. We've got to wrap up after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. This is today's entertainment answer. What is our family movie of the week? It's the PG-rated God Bless the Broken Road from the director of God's Not Dead. It tells the story of a young mother who loses her husband in Afghanistan and struggles to raise their young daughter in his absence. Emotional and a strong reminder of the importance of faith and church family. It's a down-home film with lots of heart, so check it out. God Bless the Broken Road in theaters September 7th. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project, and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. 
You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Thanks for joining us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Scott McKnight was our guest in the first segment uh, talking about his book, Open to the Spirit. And then Dr. Gregory Jantz plugged in from Seattle And uh, we went through his book, Healing the Scars of Addiction, Uh, a very, very interesting session with with Greg. Uh, I do want to invite you to visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page is Orlando Magic Pat. And I want you to check out my most recent book, Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams, Uh, a good look at the great John Wooden. Uh, Visit Amazon, always a Wonderful way to find out what's going on in the book world and great place to order from. Um, Have a great day in church tomorrow with your family. Uh, We'll see you next weekend on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word in Orlando. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at the same time where faith comes by hearing. 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. From the Filatowski Lasik Institute Studios, this is 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.